presented by Syntax Advisors. Welcome to ETF TV, your insight into the world of exchange-traded funds, issuers, and investments. I'm Margareta Harikova, and joining me today is Lee Wolf, CEO at Valkyrie, and Deborah Fur. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Deborah and Margarita. Thank you. Lee, can you tell us a bit about your background, Valkyrie's background, and why did you decide to create a Bitcoin ETF? So Valkyrie is a digital asset management shop. We have a series of cryptocurrency trusts, SMAs, a DeFi hedge fund, and this you know, emerging ETF business, which we have this one newly traded as of Friday on NASDAQ, Bitcoin futures ETFs. We do have quite a few others filed with the SEC at the moment as well. I co-founded Valkyrie last year with my partner, Stephen McClurg. He serves also as the CIO. And we both come from different walks in the asset management world, but very much interested and have been engaged in Bitcoin for a very long time. We came to market with our Bitcoin trust in January with the desire to create a GBTC-like product that traded closer to NAV. And at that time, we were concerned that the trusts would fall into discount. So we actually put our first spot Bitcoin ETF filing in with the SEC in January. My personal background, I've been in the asset management space for a while, specifically specialized in investing in GBTC originally, which is how I saw some of the nuances that I wanted to fix with Stephen with this trust product of ours. And prior to that, I started at the World Bank for a while and then working for an activist investing hedge fund and then back to the World Bank and then a couple other steps and back in the RIA world. So it's very exciting to be here with the ETF now traded and a lot more excitement and filings in the future. Well, congratulations. That is exciting. So from an investor's point of view, what are the pros and cons of a futures-based ETF versus a physical-based ETF? A futures-based ETF is currently one of only a handful of ways for investors to gain exposure to Bitcoin's price movements without actually having to buy Bitcoin on an exchange like Coinbase or Kraken. And it does provide, as we know, a cost-effective way to hold this exposure in you know, virtually any type of investment accounts. The main pros to focus on and benefits of you know, a futures ETF versus, let's say, a spot ETF is that these futures are traded on the CME, so they're already regulated, and right now Bitcoin isn't. It's been noted in a lot of different research papers that there's actually better price discovery in the futures market right now than spot, so there's more efficient markets. And again, the SEC is willing to approve a futures fund, and demand is clearly there for this type of product. You know, 81% of advisors have reported that clients are asking them about Bitcoin and other digital assets. 76% of advisors believe that clients are investing in crypto actually outside of their advisory relationships. I'd say the main con simply is, you know, we don't have a spot Bitcoin ETF at the moment. The commission has signaled very clearly that they're comfortable with the 40 Act wrapper for Bitcoin futures, but are not yet comfortable in any other wrapper as well as not quite comfortable with spot. So I think that there's potentially more exciting products, better tracking with Spot in the future, but we do have a good product in the meantime. So what are the benefits of Bitcoin ETF for investors that have been buying Bitcoin crypto directly? I believe the main one is ease of use. It can be allocated in your IRAs to 401ks to other qualified accounts. 
you know, there's no need to worry about custody, security, hidden fees. Custody and security are still, one, very concerning, and two, difficult. Not everybody is comfortable dealing with the security necessary to custody your own Bitcoin. So I think that ability to allocate to qualified accounts probably can't be overstated. You mentioned significant demand being stated from financial advisors' clients. What type of investors do you think will use this product and how do you think they will use it? I think that actually it's going to be a combination of retail and institutional investors who are looking to take advantage of the benefits of the fund. Both have a use case, both have an interest. I think there's been many institutional investors that have been waiting on the sidelines to get into Bitcoin and have been waiting for this more familiar wrapper. From the retail perspective, I think that many have wanted to allocate within their 401ks or ask their advisors to do so, and again, have been waiting for a wrapper that's more comfortable for those accounts. There's obviously a lot of retail that's getting more comfortable buying directly from the exchanges, but there's the tax advantages of the ETF that I think more savvy investors are very familiar with. And are there any unique features that your ETF offers when compared to the other futures-based Bitcoin ETFs? I think the main advantage that Valkyrie offers, and by extension, our product, is our expertise in the crypto markets. Stephen and I have been working specifically in the Bitcoin ecosystem for many years now. I think that there's importance to having the asset manager understand the nuances so that they can potentially pivot accordingly, understand where liquidity providers are and any challenges that other issuers may face for not just the Bitcoin futures market, but again, as the commission gets more comfortable with other ETFs and or structured products to create the most optimal product and address challenges as they come up. You did mention you do have plans to do more ETFs, but are there any specific indications of things we might expect from you in the future? Well, the Valkyrie Bitcoin Strategy ETF is the first in a planned family of crypto-focused ETFs, but unfortunately, that's all I can share for today. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So, Debbie, can you tell us about some of the other news in the ETF industry? Yeah, so last week was pretty busy. We had 42 new listings from 20 issuers and 14 new cross-listings. It's kind of surprising. 26 of those new listings were in South Korea, so go figure. Most of them were ETNs, many leverage and inverse, but the themes of ESG and some active products still exist out there. And of course, the two Bitcoin future products came to market in the U.S. If we look at the digital space at the end of September, overall, there were 67 products, 178 listings, 12 billion in assets from 19 issuers on 13 exchanges in 12 countries. So it's not as if we're just seeing the start of crypto products. They've been out there for a while now. And assets year to date have grown by 295%. So when we started 2021, there was just 3 billion invested. Now we're at just over 12. So it's not huge numbers, but it is significant growth. If we look at active ETFs, there's now 1,312 products, 418 billion. There's 250 issuers on 29 exchanges in 22 countries. Assets are at a record of 418 billion and the net flows are at 109 billion. So we're seeing record assets, record inflows. Turning to ESG, there's now 795 products with 2,224 listings. There's $324 billion invested. 168 issuers have products 
on 40 exchanges in 32 countries. When we look, the inflows in the first nine months of the year have been 118 billion, which is much higher than the prior record of 47 billion at this point. And it's 30 billion more than all of the asset trades last year. So ESG is clearly an area to watch going forward. These are some of the highlights and I look forward to sharing more next month. Thanks for another great update, Debbie. And thank you to our sponsors, Syntax Advisors, to Leah, and of course, to all of you for watching. To watch prior episodes and to see news from the ETF industry, visit us at etftv.net. Thank you. ETF TV News does not provide investment advice nor recommend products.